Well, good morning, good day, good evening. My name is Jill. This is Jill's Journals Out Loud. And while I've been doing a lot of writing in the wee early morning hours, I am now coming to you in the wee early morning hours a little bit late for our regularly Tuesday scheduled podcast. There's been a lot going on, uh, but this is how much I love you guys. I am up when I was just going to keep the covers over my head because I've got no fire this morning on the inside, even though it's 14 degrees on the outside. (sighs) But I've had so much chaos going on, and I am in a new spot, and I only have barely a signal in one corner of one window before the sun rises. That is my communications (laughs) window. So, Uh, I am going to give you a personal update. I'm going to tell you uh, buyer beware in the future and the community world. Uh, So much has gone on and I've been thinking so much about it. So this is going to be very off the cuff. Uh, You know, Haven has got her little peanut butter bone. We'll see how she'll do with just that. This I like you guys so much, I haven't even had coffee yet. So, uh, and as you can see from my voice, I haven't even been talking to myself yet. It's so early. So, uh, hopefully my voice will warm up. The dog will stay away. I won't wiggle too much and make noise in the microphone. And when I'm finished, I will be able to actually get this thing uploaded with my tiny, pathetic, inky-dinky signal. If you don't see it come through on Wednesday morning, that means I'm wandering around somewhere looking for Wi-Fi. All right, personal update. Well, when I came to you last, I had moved to a new location, and I was so happy because it was quiet and was open. I felt comfortable, and then all hell broke loose. So it doesn't matter really what happened, but what happened was there was miscommunication. The person who owned the property, while at one point had said it was okay, had decided it's not okay now, and wanted me off immediately and became livid and enraged and get out of here immediately. Well, you know, in her mind, because she doesn't live here, I'm just in a little travel trailer and I can hook up and go. In reality, this is my home. I've got crap spread everywhere because I have all these things I have to do. I've moved my wood, what, four or five times now, my pile of uh, firewood. It's a little bit involved. And then I've got some problems with my truck, as you heard in the last story. I can't physically, I I can't personally physically move my own trailer. Plus, I don't have a place to just pick up and go and live someplace else, right? So she doesn't understand that. She wasn't willing to have that conversation. And she flew out here, charged two hours down to the sheriff's office in this county, And I was going to be criminally charged with trespass. What is today? I don't even know what day. So today is Tuesday. Today. So if I wasn't out by like noon today, I was going to be arrested and all my things confiscated. Which, you know, by the way, you might, whatever state you're in, you might want to clarify squatting versus trespass because I was told it was criminal trespass and there's nothing I could find legally to substantiate that. So, but that's a big deal. That's the difference between uh, a warning and you need to go, but you have a formal eviction process if it, you know, if it comes to that versus we're arresting you now. And there was nothing about this that was covered under criminal trespass. So I don't even understand yet how that happened or he just wanted her to go away 
that could have been the other thing. So with that said, I am now in a new location and it is only, only, only because part of the beauty of not being in a major city, you know, like LA or Chicago or New York or something is that the community just pulls together. So I don't, uh, you know, I've shared a little bit about how I don't fit very well into a community, but the beauty of the community is you don't even have to like each other a whole lot if they respect you enough to pitch in when you need it. And uh, and I'm not talking about me, I'm talking about just the general population. There's lots of people here, but the people who you respect are the ones that both give, not just take. And there's this really interesting thing happening up where I am right now because the land has been really cheap. Some of it, like where I was, was on a good road and a flat spot. Easy peasy. You just drive in. A lot of it is on roads that are almost unpassable across rocks and hairy little cliffs. So you don't just drive right in, right? You hold your breath and hope you don't die. But once you get your stuff up there, you're good. Well, I didn't want to put my stuff anywhere that wasn't, you know, easy to exit the property. So what's beautiful to me about this environment is that how many people just barely know you and they step up and they say things like, well, I can tow you. I can, you can park on my property. There's just this amazing thing that happens. But if you're going to be in the community long term, you need to understand the other side of the coin. And what makes me really sad about this person who went psycho is that all she did, because she doesn't understand the culture, is burn a whole lot of bridges. Because one of the rules is you don't call the sheriff's department. You don't snitch over minor infractions, you handle it yourself because you want to build goodwill. You want to build connection. Even, you know, people that scream and yell at each other, you know, two days later, they will make up because somebody's got a flat tire on the road. You cannot function in these kinds of environments without your neighbors. So then I started doing, you know, kind of a backtrack on, is it really just us women who, who go crazy and have emotional responses, because all of this process for me these last two weeks has been emotionally charged. You know, I wanted to be safe, so I'm leaving, and then the other person, you know, gets mad at me. You have to get out, and so even though I had a lease or a rental agreement, I'm like, fine, whatever, I'll just get out. So I get out because I want my safety more than, you know, my legal right, because I'm not going to call the sheriff. So I get out, and then another emotionally charged decision, get out, get out, get out. And all these people that have to step in and help uh, participate in this incredible chaos because of all these emotionally charged decisions that have nothing to do with real-life danger. I mean, you know, me... But, you know, but me leaving today and me leaving Thursday was not a life-or-death situation. She doesn't even live here. So, you know, we have... But there's all these other things going on that are the same types of issues that are being emotionally charged primarily by women and being solved by the men. I thought, you know, that's really interesting. And so 
But then I started to take it a little bit further. And women do institute most of the problems probably within the home and the local environment. But men do the same thing. They make emotionally charged decisions and do things, you know, like start wars or gang fights. You know, so it isn't just women and it isn't just men. It's the the issue is the emotionally charged decision. I need this to happen now. There's no logic. There's no reason, right? And we have that at a personal level, like I'm experiencing right now, you know, hopping from one place to the next based on all these women, myself included, are having emotional reactions and everybody else has to accommodate us. They don't have to, but they graciously did. Thank you, if you're listening. Uh, But we also have what's all this turmoil that's going on out in the world that is completely unnecessary. Everything that's happened to happening to us politically, everything that's happening to us um, uh, medically, all of these things are not the logic and reason, you know, that the masculine wants, uh, and they're not the love and the connection that the feminine wants. It's just this emotional imbalance that says, I need this to be true even it does and the consequences don't matter there's no cause and effect how it blows back on you and there's this thing which I imagine this lady has if I have money or if I have power you know like the bankers and the elite people they have then I'm safe and I'm protected and there's always somebody that's going to take care of it right I can pay I don't need friends I don't need neighbors I can pay somebody to come do this well what most of you may not know that do not live out in the middle of nowhere, that is not true. You can theoretically pay somebody to come do something. You have no idea if they're going to show up, and you have no idea if they're not going to come back and rob you. Uh, There is very finite and limited resources out in the middle of nowhere. You cannot survive without your neighbors. Like them or not, you must find a way to get along. And I've said that over and over about survival. The whole issue around survival isn't the right stuff. Uh, It isn't the right place. It isn't having all the skills. What's going to take you down is people. And people are charged emotionally, man or woman. We have different skill sets and we have different ways we contribute to the problem. You know, men tend to be, who have a lot of testosterone, tend to be more paranoid, and so they react in a more defensive way. Uh, You know, women tend to be uh, more empathetic and let people in that maybe you shouldn't. And so we all have our pros, we all have our cons, we all have our contrasts. And the beauty of everybody working together is that you would hope some of that would balance out. But there's this really interesting thing happening. So that's the, you know, that's the micro and the local, which is the only thing we really have the capacity to participate in. There's just not a whole lot we can do in a very quick way with the great big political stuff. And I think at this point, you know, we are over the cliff. And so uh, whatever is going to happen is going to happen. And we will just have to decide who and how we want to be in the future moving forward. And so but I was talking to one of the people, the men, one of the men who was assisting me in this process, who has a different group of of, lo- of close people than my was my little group, and he was telling me there's all these single women moving up here, and so I started to ask him how old they were. Well, you know, they almost all are over fifty or sixty, and I, you know, you've heard me talk about in the past, you know, what's the role of old women. And, you know, I've always, in my mind, well, we have lots to contribute, but what 
I was hearing was we are contributing in a great big way that's a problem and and I thought why are all these women running out and being off-grid alone unprepared and unable to take care of themselves and you know falling apart because and they're you know just we're not even in the cold part of winter yet uh, and I thought, well, you can blame it on the women because usually it's men that run away out here because it's always been primarily men in the RV community before it went cool and the off-grid community before it went cool. You know, the men tend to lead and then the women follow. But I thought, well, the women have to follow into this lifestyle because the men ran away and didn't keep the systems and the structures in place. Now, I'm not saying any of this is right or wrong. I'm just observing it. I think it's a necessary process for civilization to kind of deconstruct and reconstruct because uh, we've been on an unsustainable path for a really long time. But it was really kind of an interesting exercise because I'm like, why are all these single women moving out here? Because I have come to the realization after the horrendous fiasco of moving the trailer with the truck, having all those problems, you know, the cold has been unbearable and I'm spending all my time and energy trying to just function and keep, you know, wood going and, you know, my food is frozen, all my stuff is frozen, my water is always frozen. I mean, everything is screwed up and it's just exhausting and it's uncomfortable and, uh, you know, I'm sleeping on the floor because I can't sleep on the platform and I was supposed to get this little bed made and that hasn't been made. And, you know, it's just every aspect of this is uncomfortable which is why I was just staying in bed with the covers over my head because just to build a basic fire in the morning it takes over an hour before any real heat starts to take the edge off what's going on in here and you know I run propane at night now because it's so damn cold where I used to just let it you know I it would be like 30 and that's fine I could get up you know and start a fire but but it's so uncomfortable because it's you know, like literally, you know, 15 degrees in the back. And the only reason it's not 15 degrees up here is because I'm running, you know, or 20 degrees is because I'm running a little bit of propane. So it's a, it's hard and I'm not doing well. And, you know, I, I'm not, uh, I feel like the message got super clear these last two weeks that this life for me is over. And so uh, part of what, you know, I'm not going away from you guys, but I'm, everything is about to radically change. So, you know, I'm observing all this stuff. And, and so, and then the other thing that, you know, that happens is when you're out here, you see all kinds of abandoned, you know, trailers and cars and houses. And you think, I wonder what happened. There's like one car where the person took off and it was a, in a nice Land Rover and the doors, uh, you know, we're open and the you know the registration for the car is sitting in the seat I mean it literally looks like somebody just ran away from everything and so you're always wondering like what's happening but I can see you know you get out here you hit a breaking point and you just have to leave well the other thing that happens and this was uh, before they came to pick up my trailer a, f- a family of women came out here in a bus like a 1972 school bus I think I've contributed to the problem of YouTube is creating an unrealistic understanding of what this lifestyle entails but uh, 
they come out in a bus they get them they've bought some property they probably haven't looked at it they get themselves so stuck they can't do anything you know they have to have rescue they have to have people come out and dig them out and pull them out and you know this is people's time it's their money it's their equipment it's their vehicles you know and that stuff breaks and it's not cheap and it's not free and it's not easy to fix I mean there's huge expectations that somebody is just going to come make it okay and we've lived in a world of 911 where somebody magically appears and all your problems are taken care of well out here there is nobody to magically come and so because what I talked about at the beginning there is a you need to establish goodwill so you help each other out but what happens when the people are just taking and creating problems and draining your time your energy and your resources and not contributing because in their mind everything's okay they don't understand the culture they don't understand the demands they don't understand that spending all day running around helping other people isn't something you can do very often so I started to do a personal check like how often am I having to have people come and help me you know over the years I've done 99 of this percent of this stuff alone uh, and I've had you know occasional things you know with the car and things like that you know that I need help with but since I've been here I have required more help because I am becoming physically less capable of doing it myself I was uh, there was two guys helping me move this time and one of them you know is like strong and the other one is a city guy that's happy to be in the country but he's not really physical and so uh, I'm like cranking the trailer up and at this point you know it's so I'm so my muscles are so crappy right i I'm cranking and I literally have to jump onto my crank and throw all my body weight on the uh, lever trying to get it to turn because it's about 10,000 pounds you know I'm trying to lift up and he's just standing there watching (laughs) he weighs like 250 pounds right he's just standing there watching me like doesn't offer to help doesn't do anything I'm like dude if you'd lean I'm in my mind if you'd lean on it it might go down but he's not part he's learning this culture but he hasn't quite gotten this culture and so but all these people are coming up wildly unprepared and so then I started to think well that's really because they're watching these videos and they they're seeing you know it's been my complaint since I've made videos they're watching 10 minutes of edited video without any clue what the reality behind the story is and that's why I'm always complaining about that and when things are really serious you know and everybody's stressed out and it's dangerous it's not safe to stop and film and try to do that in conjunction with serious time sensitive dangerous tasks unless you have a dedicated camera person which I do not so you know you I've, I've tried to you know tell people this you don't understand what the real video is because you're not there you don't get to see what's actually really happening all you're watching is a crafted story but because we think we're stepping into somebody's personal life it must be real and I don't lie about the way I live but let's just say 
when people have beautiful, awesome, picture-perfect lives, it's not that they're lying, but that is a crafted experience for you. So uh, it's it's just been a really super eye-opening week. Uh, so uh, this is going to be short because I don't even know if I can get it uploaded. But um, And I really want my coffee. Oh, it's the only nice part of the day for me right now. I'm in so much pain and overwhelm. But uh, I'm leaving. I can't live up here. It's too cold. I, we're in like the barely the first week of winter. And uh, it's going to be these creep, these crazy low temps. They're not undoable, but at a sustained level, I cannot keep the back of my trailer uh, from freezing. And so I've lost so much of my stuff. I always lay in uh, potatoes and onions as emergencies, you know, and those last great. And I've always been able to keep them from freezing. They're all, I think, gone within the first week. And so, and, you know, just the, the, the being, you know, bounced around. I've lost all this food. I've lost all this time, energy. I'm spending money. You know, I don't want to spend on these kinds of things. And so it's, been a pretty harrowing uh, few days and it's been a harrowing a uh, couple weeks trying to uh, make decisions and I thought you know I've spent 10 years prepping I've you know more than that I have everything I need to live like this except the ability to live like this and emotionally I am so attached to this trailer I love this trailer I want it to be something spectacular it isn't going to happen. And, I, you know, I've just been, I can't sell it. I can't sell it. I can't sell it. You know, I want to keep the truck. I love the truck. You need the truck. And, uh, but what what I just have come to this conclusion, you know, I don't know what's going to happen because we all know just because you make a plan, it doesn't happen. But I can't do this. And just to make things a thousand times worse, you know, there is so much uncertainty out in the world that the thought of just driving off, you know, without the trailer, which is my plan, is to just drive off. I have a little tent. Uh, I'm going to try to sell the truck and get a little van. I haven't been able to get one. Uh, And I'm going to live in the car and camp for the immediate future because I can't be up here in this cold and I have got to find a different way to live. Now I have a picture in my mind about what I would like that to be, but the reality is there's so much uncertainty. I am terrified of this process because uh, I don't even have enough money to drive around. I mean, I live like this because I don't have any. I don't have enough money. I can do this on very little income. But once you start moving around, things get even more expensive. But I can't do survival. You know, I trade money for my effort and my energy. You know, I don't turn on the heat, I chop firewood, right? So I don't have indoor plumbing, I carry water. So I do almost everything the way I do it because I'm trading physical effort and energy for the capacity to buy something. Flip on the switch and the light comes on, right? Turn on the faucet and the water comes out. And I am so happy I did all that because I feel really good about what I've accomplished, especially as I get to see new people come out and how unprepared they are and how long I was having that conversation with someone, like how long it took me to build up the endurance of discomfort, right? Of sitting in the 
the elements, you know, not being able to work or do stuff because of the wind or the rain or the snow. I mean, I've really put a lot of time and effort into the capacity to live this way. I have all the stuff now to live this way. And now, wildly out of the blue, you know, everything goes upside down. Uh, and I physically and emotionally cannot live this way. Because the other thing that's an awareness for me, and I'm only throwing this out there because I thought it was interesting, and it may or may not be true for you, but, you know, everybody knows, like, I like to spend a lot of time alone, and I spend a lot of time alone because I have a very active inner life in my mind, and I'm not bored, and I'm not lonely, and I love it. Well, now that I've been in proximity to people, especially with all the drama, the human, emotional, dramatic parts of it, I find all my energy and my thinking is wrapped up in these relationship, communication, personality stuff. And it occurred to me as I was just dumped off, you know, a big bunch of trash, like, I don't want to put my energy into thinking about this stuff. I want to put my energy into things that I like to think about. And that requires me to not be interacting with other people, because that becomes a, uh, high demand mental and emotional process uh, when you're in proximity to other people even when it's pleasant even just talking you know I'm talking to multiple people every day and I like everybody it's just I it's just takes so much out of me and I have so much to do and uh, you know it's been interesting the constant feedback I've gotten uh, some of it shared inappropriately, but um, is, oh, you know, you really standoffish. And, and, you know, one of the reasons I'm so standoffish is because I'm exhausted and all I have the energy to do is get the basic things for the day done. And every time I have to interact with people, every time I have to text or do all, you know, wander around now and look for a signal, all this stuff takes time and energy. Uh, and I don't have enough personal energy to get things done. And so I stand, I'm withdrawn because I'm trying to protect what little energy I have as a resource. You know, I was... Uh, poking at the fire yesterday morning and it was interesting because I'm like it takes so much focus and energy to keep this fire going for whatever reason uh, it's an oxygen issue for the most part you know the fire keeps being put out it can be like roaring and an hour later I mean I'm just you know for an hour I look away and that puts itself out so it takes a lot of concentration for me to focus on the fire to keep it not from going out and for getting enough heat and I thought you know once it's going and it's warm and it's toasty and it's hard to kill and the whole front of the trailer is all nice and warm I love it but it's so much work and time and attention and how uh, you know we've created a culture right that just flips a switch and we get instant heat flips a switch and we get instant light and how it's an energy thing. There takes a lot of energy for me to get that fire heat, but it's awesome. And in this climate, it's the only thing I can use that can manage the intensity of the cold. So I have to do it, but I have to clean the stove out every two or three fires. I mean, there's just all this stuff that goes with it. And it's not that I mind doing it. It's just physically, I can't get it done. And I don't have time to do anything that's creative, anything I enjoy, anything that's work related it's ridiculous and so 
you know, I've, I've just made that mental decision. I don't know what it's going to look like. I can't think of a worse time to just drive off and live out of my car. But uh, for the time being, I am going to try to do that. So uh, I will keep you updated. My biggest concern is obviously I have been collecting a life that allows me to live off-grid and in a trailer. I have not been collecting stuff that allows me to live in a car. So uh, I have some issues with power. I have not figured out how to resolve. So worse, uh, so I... The, the podcast might be sketchy. Uh, I didn't have a lot of luck with doing it on the phone, but uh, I also just don't have a lot of time to experiment with this stuff. So I have a huge learning curve on this computer, uh, the new computer, which can do all the stuff I want to do, but uh, you know, I, it's a learning curve, it's, a, it's a, internet, it's electricity. So uh, you know, I have no idea how this is going to go because I have you know, just a few days to uh, pull everything out and move on and uh, I'm going to leave my trailer up here uh, but uh, I, I'm not living up here anymore so <laughs> this is my plan I have to go at lower elevation I can't do this so with that said I just wanted to give you this personal update I wanted to give you kind of a reality check about uh, you know, it's not just men, it's just not women. I, you know, I've always said we make our decisions emotionally. Uh, but the question I keep asking people and myself is, are you going to say no when the demands are constant and you're not getting reciprocity, but you see starving children, starving people, starving animals, are you going to say no? Are you going to let the people inside the secure environment or are you going to say no? So it's, uh, I just see a whole thing brewing that is going to be really complicated because, uh, there's so much personality and there's so many that are just wildly unequipped to contend with a life that has no electricity in this environment. Because right now, the cars are running, you know, the pumps on the wells are running, uh, the food is still in the grocery store, you know, there's still, you can call the sheriff when you're mad at somebody, you know, we still have an infrastructure, but what happens when the infrastructure goes away? Because to be, uh, there was uh, one of the stories uh, that the person who moved my trailer was telling me about his little grandma in, uh, or great grandma in 190 something or the very beginning where they would, you know, get, they would get in the horse and buggy and go out to church, come home, cook, get in the horse and buggy, travel another four or five miles, have a dinner, come back. And then he described my favorite scene in the movie Witness, only it was in real life. You know, and witness the Amish community, the men all get together and build the barn, and the women all get together and cook, and the kids are there, and it's this awesome community event, and nobody's getting paid because the next time somebody needs a barn built, they all get together and they repeat. And he's, he'd never seen, I go, oh, that's that movie witness. He hadn't seen the movie, but his grandma was telling him this story. Like, that is how it worked. It didn't matter how mad you were at each other. You turned out and you put your time and effort in. But what I'm seeing is a whole lot of, I need help 
and then that's it. I need help, and then that's it. And I need help, and that's not it. And so I try really hard to compensate in the ways that I can contribute. But super uh, interesting to hear the stories, you know, before uh, cars and how much effort they would go in to stay connected to each other, but how much effort they put in to work with each other. And what I'm seeing is a whole lot of people showing up it's not that they don't have skills. It's just there's not enough skills to complement each other. You know, it's not enough functional families where everybody's contributing. It's a lot of single people like me who can only do certain things, and there's a whole bunch of gap. You know, like I said, I've been managing on my own, but I've gotten to a point now where uh, I can't 100% manage on my own. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't need help, but I'm saying that I'm trying to be realistic and and look at what I can and can't tolerate and what I can and can't do. It's not going to get any easier. So I'm trying to get out while I can get out, and hopefully, you know, something will present itself down the road. But there's a lot of people moving into the off-grid world in the same way there was a lot of people that moved into the nomad world the difference with the nomad world is if you didn't like what was happening, you could get in the car and drive away. The problem when people move into the off-grid world or the rural world or the small community world is they're buying and they're staying until they don't. But whole lot of chaos, whole lot of uh, discomfort, a whole lot of issues before they go just something to think about. So uh, I will see you when I see you. Have a super fabulous Thanksgiving. Uh, Just wish me luck. I got a lot to do and a short time to do it with no plan. It's very exciting. So with that, the adventures of Storm and Haven are supercharged. And uh, I'm going to go get coffee. I'm going to hope this uploads. And I, my friend, will hopefully, hopefully see you soon, which will be next time.